The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Any pastor can uh, give testimony to the fact that there's too much work to be done in a church for just one man. And uh, as we understand that, there's a time in the church where uh, potentially one man can do most of the work of the church, but as the number of disciples grow, as, as the church grows, there's obviously a need for others uh, to work and to labor. Uh, I want to remind you, as far as the office of a pastor is concerned, a pastor is called to work and serve and labor, but I want to remind you the main, uh, the main uh, responsibilities of the pastor is that he would give himself, as these men said, to prayer and to the study of the Word of God and spending time uh, alone with God and, and uh, getting uh, what the Lord wants for the church and then presenting that to church and leadership and oversight. The Bible says that he gave pastors and chief teachers to the church for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so the office of the pastor, while, uh, yes, as a believer, as a Christian, I'm supposed to serve and do different things, I need to make sure that I stay focused on what God primarily has called me to do. And so, so through that, uh, I'm thankful you know, we have Pastor Justin who oversees the Spanish ministry and also our, our Christian school ministry. Uh, I didn't believe that the Lord would have me to, to lead in those areas because I believe that God wants me to stay focused on the areas that God's called me to. And how many know you can try to do a lot of different things, but you can't be very good at them? You can try to give yourself to everything, but you're never going to get those things done well that you need to. We're only just individuals. And God never puts it, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that God never in any church puts the leadership, puts the authority, and puts everything on one person to handle everything. As you look at the church, there were pastors, plural, in the church. Uh, there were deacons in the church. There were individuals in the church that had various areas of leadership. And I'm a firm believer in that church model, and I believe it works and I'm thankful for how God just stirs people up and uses them. And boy, I, what I understand is if I do everything, I hinder the church because I can't do everything. I can't do everything well. I, I can't do everything that needs to be done. There's some things i just not able to do. And while you may not be able to do some of the things that God has me to do, there's a lot of things that you can do that God has enabled you to do and brought you here to do. And uh, as we look at this passage of Scripture, uh, I want you to remember The Bible word for deacon is primarily translated servant or one selected by the people in charge with the temporal affairs of the local congregation. And the primary role as a deacon is to serve the pastor and the church. And the Lord Jesus Christ, by the way, is the ultimate example of a servant to us, isn't he? And he gave himself and he modeled uh, being a servant. He taught, didn't he uh, teach the disciples, the twelve, the apostles, he, he taught them how to ser- be servant leaders within the congregation. And he taught them how to lead leaders and how to ordain leaders. And you see the, these leaders are now laying their hands on other men and, and, and other leaders. And the church grows. And by the way, where the church multiplied, you notice the church multiplied even further and greater after these men were chosen. After these men uh, gave themselves to uh, the office that God had called them to. And, and Acts chapter 6 and verse number 3 provides a list of what the apostles were looking for in their selection of the first deacons. Look at it with me. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you. So these are men that are among us. Are you with me? These are men that are among us that are already here. These are men that are not 
getting a title and then serving. These are men that are already among us, that are already serving, that are already proven, that have already been faithful. These are not novices. These are men that have been here and been faithful and proven themselves, and they're men that can be counted on. And so you notice he says to look out among them, uh, look uh, seven men of honest report. So notice what it says about them. They had a godly influence. The apostles instructed the church, look ye among you. The men chosen had already exerted that godly influence that was noticed in the church before they were given a position in church leadership. And I don't believe that you can put a a man in leadership or a woman in leadership and they'll rise to the office. I believe that God uh, allows people to rise and then the office can be given to them. Once uh, the person is qualified, that can be given to them. And, uh, you know, sometimes I've seen men make decisions just to have, it would be better for the church not to have deacons than to have unqualified deacons. Are you with me? Did you hear me? It would be better for the church not to have deacons than to have unqualified deacons. It would be better for the church not to have pastors than to have unqualified pastors. It would be far better. And so we don't look at what we qualify people as. We look at what God qualifies them. You go to 1 Timothy. You go to Titus and look at the qualifications of pastors and deacons. But these are what they were looking for. These come into the same category of what God calls for in Titus and Timothy. And he said they they had a godly influence. They had godly relationships. These were men that were among the people, had already established relationships with the people within the church. These were men that didn't have to try to get relationships with people after they got there. Already had established relationships. They already had respect of the people in the church. They were already had a godly influence within the church. And so they had godly influence. They had godly relationships. They had a godly reputation. Notice they were men of honest report, men of integrity and honor, men of whom the church could trust. And I say this, men are just men. And men are flawed. And no men are perfect, but I'm thankful for men that give themselves to following the Lord Jesus Christ and that they're faithful. You know, the strength of this church is going to be on the servants of God that are faithful. Uh, As we continue and as we follow the Lord, listen, may God find us faithful. If he doesn't find us anything else, may he find us faithful. Faithful to his word and faithful. Listen, we may not have all the bells and the whistles. We may not have all the the money and the resources. We may not have some of the things that you look and see other places have. But may we have pure uh, men of God and women of God who are are faithful to the Lord and following him. And uh, they have godly influence, had godly relationships. They had godly reputations. The Bible says here they were full of wisdom. These weren't spiritual wannabes. They were men who walked with God. They were men who were yielded to the Holy Spirit. They were full of godly wisdom. I love listening to uh, many of the men in our church uh, speak and getting around them and listening to what they have to say. And I love spending time in fellowship, whether it's over breakfast or men's fellowships or just in the church services or just in greeting. I like getting around and hearing a bunch of uh, our men in our church talk because there's so much wisdom. And I glean from it. It sharpens me and helps me and and it ministers to me greatly. It's good to be around good men, isn't it? It's good to be around people who love the Lord and have uh, have wisdom. And by the way, where does the glory go when the wisdom comes from God? It goes back to God, doesn't it? The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally. How do I know that God can give us wisdom beyond our years? 
God could give us wisdom beyond our experience. As a very young pastor, uh, uh, not anymore, but I was when I one time. But uh, as as a as a very young pastor, I'm thankful that God is able to give wisdom beyond years. God is able to give wisdom beyond experience. That God gives the wisdom that's needed for the job that He calls us to, and uh, God God directs us. Anything good that any man of God or woman of God does within our church, the glory goes to God because God is the one that's facilitating these things as we follow Him. We're just servants. We're just vessels used for Him. They were full of wisdom. They had a servant's heart. You know, the initial job given to these men was to serve the church widows. That's not a very glamorous job description. Uh, I'll tell you, as uh, I have uh, had our, we have our our senior citizens, uh, 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 luncheons, and we go there, and, and listen, there's, there's nothing glamorous about that job, but there is something glorious about it. There's something wonderful about it, serving, uh, serving the widows and serving the, the, o- the older folks and serving some of the, listen, it's like serving the children, serving the nursery, serving other places. There's something wonderful about helping people who maybe not, not be able to help themselves. There's something very Christ-like about that, looking out for people. And by the way, uh, the church had abandoned areas uh, long ago where we should be standing in and caring for the poor and caring for the widows and caring for those uh, that had needs. And so these were men that had godly reputation. They were men full of wisdom. They had a servant's heart. Uh, th- these were men that were chosen because of their willingness to serve. They were willing. Uh, the church looked out among them and they saw men of this honest report, full of wisdom, full of the Holy Ghost, and they chose them and these men responded. They were willing to answer the call, if you would. They're willing to uh, take the uh, responsibility and the job uh, that the Lord had given to them. They had servants' hearts. Notice these were men of faith. They were men of faith. Because the pastor is the overseer of the church, the men who serve with him must have faith to follow their pastor. Uh, they must have faith uh, to kind of uh, uh, to follow the Lord and to follow the direction that someone else is giving them, trusting the Lord is leading in those areas, in those capacities. And sometimes, listen, we don't fully understand the leading of the Lord. Sometimes I don't. Listen, sometimes God gives a direction for our church and direction or an area that we need to focus on, and sometimes I don't fully understand that, but I try to just follow Him. And He hasn't steered us the wrong direction yet. He keeps, continues to steer us in the right direction. And by the way, His timing is always perfect. There's things that I'd like to do, and sometimes I just, I'd like to do it. I believe it would be a good thing, but I wait until the Lord leads in that area. Because we can charge ahead at a thousand different things, but I tell you, it's good for us to just uh, follow the Lord and do what He wants us to do. It takes faith. And I tell you, there's a lot of, Reasons why people choose or look for what they look for in leadership. I tell you, the world doesn't look for these qualities. The world doesn't look for these, these things, but God does. This is what qualifies us. What, what a lot of things, uh, what people would look as qualifications, and they would look more to popularity. They would look more to uh, po- political positions. They would look more to prosperity, you know, people that have money and people that have influence. And they would look to more to these things, but uh, God looks to faith. Faith is what pleases God. Can I remind us tonight, church, that faith is still what pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So whether you're serving or whether you're giving or whether you're, 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 you're here or whether you're, you're, you're witnessing to somebody, hey, listen, it's all got to be of faith, just trusting the Lord to lead and guide, whether it's in conversation or whatever it is that God calls you to do. I want you to see this. Their hearts, 
of faith here contributed greatly in allowing this church to reach the community with the gospel. Notice what it says here. They set before them the apostles in verse 6. They prayed for them, laid their hands on them. Notice what happened as a result. The word of God increased. Listen, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. When the word of God increases, the number of disciples multiply. Did you get that? That's God's formula, always. The word of God increases, the number of disciples multiply. You know what, as a church, that's why we got to make everything that we do, we have to let the word of God increase in those things. Every ministry we have. That's why the way we have basketball, we say, okay, we're going to have basketball, but we're going to let the word of God. We're going to give the word of God. We're going to make sure the word of God is present in this because we're not just going to have clubs and social hours and and, and times where we can't because before long we'll become, come on, we'll be the Elks Club or we'll be some other social group. It used to be the Squonkum Star Club. That's what it was when they bought the property here. Hey, we could be a social club or a night club or a place to hang out. And listen, listen, we have youth group. We have teenagers and things. Hey, listen, it's good that they have friends and all that. But hey, the word of God is what needs to increase. When the word of God increases, the number of disciples multiply. When the word of God increases, the number of disciples multiply. Listen, if you want to see the number of disciples multiply in this church, we've got to let the word of God increase. We're going to put the word of God where it belongs. And I'm not just saying behind the pulpit. I'm saying in our hearts, where the word of God belongs. We've got to let the word of God in our hearts. We've got to let the word of God in our homes. Are you with me? We've got to let the Word of God increase in that place. You want to have followers of Jesus in your home, let the Word of God increase in your home. Let the Word of God increase. Wherever the Word of God increases, the number of the disciples multiply. When I think of our community, I think the Word of God needs to increase. Every opportunity that we have, every opportunity that we're, whether we go somewhere. Listen, I loved when we were out last Sunday evening, we were down by the shore and those folks were being baptized. I loved all the bystanders. Some of you didn't see that as much as I did as I was standing there uh, preaching and, and singing and some of you had your backs to, there were groups of people that were, there was a lady that came over and just sat down, just spectating, just wanted to know what was going on. People asking what baptism was about. Some of you went out and I saw Emily over there with some gospel tracks and talking to some folks over there. Listen, as we, as we go out to different places, that's why the church needs to sometimes leave the four walls. We go out into the community, go out in places in public, and why? Because we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the word of God increases, the number of disciples multiply. And uh, listen, it's important for us to make sure that whatever we do as a church, whatever ministries we have, that the word of God increases. And uh, whether we're going to run buses, we ran that this morning, I tell you, on the bus, the word of God was preached in the junior churches, the Word of God is preached. In the Sunday school, the Word of God is preached. In, in the morning, hey, listen, when we sing, the Word of God's being preached. When we give the Word of God, the Word of God, it's all the Word of God. It's all about God's Word. We saturate ourselves in God's Word, and we give God's Word. And listen, that's what people need. People need to be fed the Word of God. And after this selection of the deacons, we see this increase, but then we also see a focus on one of these men. Notice Stephen. Stephen, is, he's really the, the only expanded biography of a deacon in Scripture. Stephen uh, models the characteristics of a godly deacon. Notice the Bible says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them, uh, of Cecilia uh, of Asia, disputing with Stephen. They were not able, notice, to resist the wisdom in the spirit by which he spake. Stephen, 
He was a man full of the Holy Ghost. He was a man full of the power of God. What did he do? He went out and preached the Word of God. He preached Jesus and Him crucified. Some people got angry. Some people got upset. Some people got mad. And listen, can I say this? As the Word of God increases, the number of disciples multiplies. So does the onslaught from the enemy. We've got to protect ourselves. We've got to understand that, that that when we go out, listen, we don't go out fearful. We're not afraid. We don't stop going out with the Word of God and letting the Word of God increase. We trust that God protects us as we do His will. How many know that the safest place for you and for I and for this church is in the center of the will of God? The worst thing that we can do is be disobedient to God. It's the most unsafe that we can be. When we don't follow God, when we're not obeying God, listen, I... I don't want to be disobedient uh, to God in areas of my life uh, that are personal, that are private, or that are public. I don't want to be disobedient. Why? Because I want God's blessing on my life. Some people are not willing to make those sacrifices. Are you with me? Some people are not willing to make those sacrifices. Christians, listen, it's not a sacrifice to serve God. It's a blessing. It's a privilege. As we heard, we get to do this. It's a wonderful privilege that God gives us. But yes, it comes with sacrifice. The cost is yourself, isn't it? The cost is yourself. You have to give of yourself. You have to let yourself be given. You have to, listen, there's going to be a time where physically you feel exhausted or tired or depleted and all those things. Can I remind us that that's not a bad thing when we're serving the Lord? Uh, it's It's not a bad thing when the flesh is tired. We live in a society that says, oh, if I'm tired, it's bad. Listen, people tire themselves for stupid things. You with me? Tire themselves for stupid things, things of no eternal value. There's some people that are exhausted and they hadn't done anything, nothing. Some people, they're exhausted. Listen, they're, they're fine with exhausting themselves on their gym membership, fine with exhausting themselves when it comes to their hobby, fine with exhausting themselves when it comes to their weekend and things that they enjoy to do. It's, it's fine all across the board, but when it comes to the things of God, oh, we're too tired. Are you with me? We better save some energy for God. I would submit to you that we better give God the first of our energy, just like we give the first of everything to God. God God always wants our first fruits, doesn't He? He wants our best. You give God off the top and you let everything else come flow from that. And listen, as as we do that and we are obedient to God, you say, I thought this was about... No, this is about the church. It's always about the church. It's about the church. It's about the Word of God increasing, the number of disciples multiplying. We're not having deacons because we need to have a certain number of deacons. We're having, we're having deacons and leadership and pastors because God sent these individuals to the church for these purposes. And I believe that through this, the word of God increase and the number of disciples will multiply. You notice Stephen was full of faith. He was full of power. He was filled with the word of God. He faced spiritual opposition. He had grace under pressure. Can I tell you that's what we need? Under pressure. We need grace. We need to exceed in grace. The fullness of grace that Stephen exhibited indicated that he was a Christ-like man because Jesus was full of grace and truth. Grace does not demand a lack of truth, nor does truth demand a lack of grace. Sometimes we, we think, uh, you know, when we talk about grace, I understand that there are some people that, that turn the grace of God in lasciviousness. There are some that use the word grace, and when they say grace, they mean liberty for themselves, for their flesh, for, for what they want to do. Listen, I understand there are some that are preaching the gospel of grace as if it's a way of living life the way that you want to live it. But grace does not demand a lack of truth, nor does truth demand a lack of grace. We can be full of grace 
and truth. And I believe there's a balance that's there as God gives us and any real grace is going to bring us back to truth. And any real truth is going to teach us to be gracious. That's what we see in God's word. Any real grace will lead us back to truth and any truth will always teach us to be gracious. He had a grace under pressure. He displayed the presence of Christ. Notice, they looked steadfastly on him. They saw his face. The Bible says that it had been the face of an angel. This is what those that hated him saw in Stephen. They looked at Stephen and they saw, as it were, the face of an angel. I see some today that in the name of Christ believe themselves to be martyrs for Christ, but really they're just jerks for Christ. You with me? I don't mean to use that word or, or to be uh, abrupt from the pulpit this, uh, uh, tonight, but I, I tell you, uh, God didn't save us so that we could have a bad spirit. God didn't save us to be a hate group. God, God didn't save us uh, so that we walk around with, the, listen, hard faces and stiff necks and, and being cruel and mean to people. When they looked at Stephen's face, they looked at him and saw the face of an angel. Does that mean he wasn't powerful? No, the Bible says he's full of power. Does that mean he wasn't wise? No, he's full of wisdom. Does that mean when he spoke, he was soft? The Bible says that when he spoke, they couldn't even answer him for all the wisdom that came out of his mouth because he was full of the Holy Spirit of God. But he displayed the presence of Christ. I love when Jesus spoke and the people had nothing to say. Jesus would speak and often sometimes, you remember when that woman was taking adultery and he just stooped over and wrote something in the sand and stood up and said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. What happened? They just, they couldn't say anything. They just walked away because he knew their hearts and the Holy Spirit pricked them in their hearts. And, you know, as the Lord uses us to his glory, you know, there's even our enemies that come against us cannot prosper. He displayed the presence of Christ. Listen, the Bible says, as far as a deacon, the qualifications of a deacon is to be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. He's to be proved. He's to be blameless. And the Bible says this, even so must their wives. The husband of one wife, ruling their children and their own house as well, faithful in all things, the Bible says this in 1 Timothy 3.13, For they that have used the office of a deacon well, purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful for uh, how the Lord's used deacons here in our church and, and those that have used the office of a deacon well and have been a good example. Listen, there's a lot of uh, pastors that tremble when they hear the word deacon and deacon committee and deacon board and there's all kinds of jokes and things in ministry about that, but I'll tell you the truth, I'm thankful that it's all a joke in a sense of the negative side of things here because I've not had a bad experience with our deacons. And praise the Lord for that and what God's done and how He's continued to do that. I believe when we have the right order and we're serving the right Savior and we're following Him together, God can do great things. Faithful in all things. And then as servant leaders, we understand that we're under shepherds to the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. We develop a heart of an under-shepherd, increasing our ability, assisting the pastor, serving the church. Rather than seeking our own office or a position of demanding respect, we see our role as a servant in the church. We uh, rejoice, not when we're honored for investments, but when our investments bear fruit in the lives of others. Listen, so uh, so many people are looking to be honored for what they do instead of honored 
by what, what they do accomplishes. Listen, as we serve the Lord, truly, if it's of the Lord, it will bear fruit. It will. That's what the Bible promises, that the service, the work, our labor, hey, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And what you do in the Lord will bear fruit. And the Bible talks about fruit that abounds to our account. I'm thankful for every person that comes, young and old, that uh, hears the gospel and receives the Lord Jesus Christ, those that are being discipled, those that are following Jesus. Listen, I I believe that the number of disciples can increase, don't you? It can increase. But it increases as the Word of God increases. And here's the truth. The Word of God can only increase if there's more people speaking it and sharing it, living it. In the church, sometimes it starts with one. God calls a man, God stirs up a people, and then what happens from that? Well, hopefully, fruit and more leaders raise up and more people, and the Word of God continues to increase. And then it's not about an individual, it's about Jesus Christ and what His work is in the church. And uh, here's, here's the truth tonight. Let me just be honest with you, real transparent. I know it's Sunday night. I don't want to build this church on me. I don't want to build this church on my personality. I want to build this church on charisma or whatever the things that I know I even already lack. But I do want to build this church on Jesus and on His Word. And I, I want partners in that labor. People say, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. I want to... I want to see that happen. I want to do that to his glory. I can, I can use my gifts and talents for the Lord. Listen, whatever capacity that God calls you, listen, if God puts something in your heart, do it. Do it. And do it well. Can I say that? Do it well. Uh, so many things don't get done because we don't do them or we half-heartedly do them. I mean, know that. And the work of God does not call for half our heart. It calls for all of us. Maybe we ask the Lord to do that to his glory. So as we look at uh, tonight, as uh, we... Uh, consider these uh, individuals that the Lord has uh, raised up within our church for these offices. May we also consider ourselves, uh, that God has called us all to service here, and ultimately, I believe, every believer to those same qualifications as we serve the Lord together. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, You can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.